The We're LCC podcast is a monthly show that comes out on the 9th of every month. But if you hit the subscribe or follow button on your podcast app, you'll never need to remember that because the show will automatically be there. So go ahead and hit the subscribe or follow button on your podcast app now. We are LCC, a podcast emanating from the halls of Lower Canada College on Royal Avenue in Montreal. Here's alumni officer Christine Jones. Okay, well, I'll start then by welcoming you very much to the We Are LCC podcast and thanking you for joining us and being here today. It is my pleasure and obviously an honor for doing this. And LCC means a lot to me and uh, the community was there to support me throughout my journey and my kids' journey. So I'm very pleased to be here today. Well, can we start by just having you tell us a bit about yourself? What can I tell you about myself? I'm a mother of three children. This is the one thing that I've always wanted to be a mom, and I have three children. They're all graduates from LCC. And uh, my journey really took a turn for me when I got cancer in uh, 2004. It was the turning point of my life. And uh, from there, I started to really work on myself and go within myself and trying to learn ways of whatever issue I would have, I would try and see what can I do to make it better through the cancer. Because when I did get cancer, it was not something that obviously I was not like, yay, I have cancer. However, I felt that there was a reason why that cancer happened. And this is how I saw it. I saw it as a positive outcome. I saw it as something that there is something out there for me that I don't know what it is. And there is something that cancer came to me in a time of my life where I needed it the most, ironically. And I embraced it. I was not negative about it. I saw it as um, almost something that came to me and said, okay, let me see what I could do with this. And let's see the positive of it. Obviously, there will be negative because as we know, cancer, you know, it's not a joyful thing. However, I wanted to be positive to keep moving forward. And cancer did change my life from there. And so this journey for you landed you into the work and the practice that you do now. So can you tell us a bit about what you're doing now? What I do now is quite interesting because I went into, again, like I said, I'm working on myself. I realized that along the way with cancer, it is so easy to go out there and look at someone and start judging them. So we all know that when we judge somebody, we're judging ourselves. And I was doing that quite a lot. And I said, I need to stop that because we don't know what you're going through. There may be something that I don't know about you and who am I to judge you? So I decided to take courses and learn about how to better myself so I could understand the other person much better without judgment. And the first course that I started to take that really changed a lot of the way I view things, also accepting myself and looking at the way that the person would say something and not taking it personally. It was a course in the University of Santa Monica. It was called Loyalty to Your Soul. 
I mean, the title says yeah. loyalty to your soul. So how can you be loyal to your soul? How could you be truthful to yourself and be honest with yourself? Therefore, you will attract people that will be honest, that will be loyal and and so on and so on. Because I truly, truly believe in energy. Energy, we're all energy. Everything is energy in life. So even when we speak now, you know, I could see your, you know, the way you you look at me and it's energy, like the way I'm talking with my hands, nobody could see. But <laughs> yeah, I know. I know what you mean. I feel it. <laughs> yeah. So this is where I started the first course. And that course really taught me how to go deeper within and showing me that if there is something about another person that I would judge or say something, it taught me to look at myself and see what's going on within me that trigger that either the anger within me, the pain or the sadness. There was something that needed to be worked within myself. Like why it was happening, basically. Yes. I could give you a, a quick example if you want. Yeah, absolutely. So my first day at the course, I was going to a course where Santa Monica, California, by myself, first trip almost alone. I was going there like almost in tears and was not feeling comfortable with myself. I got there and it was it's a life coach course as well. So the way they did it, they put yourself with three people. One is a facilitator. The other one is the life coach who's going to help. Actually, the facilitator is the life coach. Then there's the client who has an issue that has to tell the life coach. And then I'm in the middle who I'm the observer. So that day, I happened to be the observer. And this woman who was facilitating the client was amazing. As a person who's sitting in the middle, all I had to do, follow the sheet, of what I was supposed to do next, but I was not able to talk. However, I was taking notes because the woman was amazing. Right. So you're trying to take it all in and write everything down. I'm like, I got to help her after, and how am I going to do this? And being French background, I'm thinking those words are so hard for me. I need to know exactly what it means and be able to pronounce them and say it to her articulate them in the right words so she would understand me. Here I was putting myself down. And then at the end, when the bell rang, the first thing she said to me, she turned around and said, Olga, you drove me crazy the whole time. You disturbed me. It's so crazy. My heart sank. And I looked at her and I said, I'm so sorry. But I said, I was just taking notes. I didn't talk. She said, you disturbed me anyways. And then I said, well, I'm sorry if I did. However, I want to let you know that you did an amazing job. And I'm next helping you. And I wanted to do as good of a job that you did. And that's why I was taking notes. It was almost like a compliment to her. Like you were, you know, but she didn't, she obviously didn't see it that way. She didn't see it as a compliment. Obviously. To my point, I triggered something in her. So when I facilitated her, the exact thing happened. What I triggered in her was that her mother always criticized her, never praised her. So when she saw me taking notes, oh, yeah, it reminded her 
of me being a mother and taking notes on what I'm going to tell her she did wrong. Oh my gosh. So you could see how a simple example like this, I could have gone like, hey, listen, I'm allowed to take notes and go on and go on, start an argument. However, by listening to her and quiet your mind and just thinking on how I triggered something in her and then I understood and she understood at the end, she apologized. Oh, wow. Wow. So that course was life-changing for me because now I don't take anything personally anymore. Even if it hurts me, I think, okay, this is not about me. This is about that person living something at the moment that she's going through or he's going through. Right. Oh, it's so true. I mean, it's a complete shift in the mindset, I'm sure. So you wrote a book at your first book called The Joy of Cancer. The title could be difficult for some to absorb, as you even said yourself at the beginning, you know, cancer isn't necessarily joyous, but can you speak to the title and its meaning for you and, and how your life changed after the diagnosis and what inspired you to write that book? I was not going to write a book. Anybody could write a book, apparently. <laughs> However... <laughs> People kept saying, okay, you got to write your story. You got to write your story. And finally, I decided to write a book. I found the right person to help me at that time. It was the perfect person to help me going to that. And everybody was throwing titles and titles. And I kept saying, cancer changed my life, changed the way I saw things. It was a joyful time for me. And I know cancer is not a joy. However, the title of the book is The Joy of Cancer, A Journey of Self-Discovery. And I discover who I was during my cancer. And I'm still discovering myself today. There's no end to how one human could grow. And the discovery of myself was that there's so many things that I wanted to do before I had cancer that I didn't have the or the guts to do. And after cancer, I said, hey, I don't know what could happen tomorrow. I want to do that. Let's do it. Example, I wanted to do public speaking. And I never thought in my life that I could go on stand and speak. I thought language was a barrier. I didn't think I was good enough to say anything. I didn't have a story. However, I had a story now. Cancer. I was able to help others with the pain I had and what I was going through. And that to me was joy. Right. Almost like a blessing to you. It was. And that's what I said. Cancer was a blessing to me because if I didn't have cancer, I would not be the person who I am today. It prompted me to do all these courses. Everything became a meditation teacher I helped people going through their cancer. I did a lot of talk about cancer and inspiring them that, you know, like look at the glass half empty and not half full or vice versa. Right. <laughs> and it was a joy. It was really a joy. And I look at it today and it was amazing the journey, the strength, the courage that I got through cancer. And also a role model for my children that saw me going through cancer and uh, many other people. And I think, like I said in the book, if 
God or the universe, whoever you want to say it, gave me cancer to help one more person out there, then it was worth it for me. It was pay it forward. I went there and I helped that person going through a hard time. That was not easy. So yes, cancer is not a joy. But what I lived throughout my cancer was a journey of self-discovery that I'm still on today. Right. Yeah. I'm sure there was an emotional roller coaster. I think as one of the articles in the Gazette had talked about, which obviously makes sense, but through it all, you were able to find something to be able to use it in a positive way. Absolutely. Yeah. And this is how I see my life in general. Whenever something happens that I say bad, but it's, that is not positive, that it's negative. I always, always try and find the positive aspect of it. Because at the end, there's always a positive aspect. I call it like when there's an irritant coming to you, there's a pearl out there. And it's to find that pearl into that irritant. And a lot of time when you're in the moment, you don't see it because you're with your, you know, all your negativity and all your distress, your anger, your sadness. But once you able just to sit and say, okay, what just happened? Talk to yourself a little bit. And then you see the door starting to open and the old doors just close and there's the light that's there. Right. And so what, what sort of suggestions or strategies do you give people that are going through those, you know, hard times, whether it is sickness or their treatments or just general low points in people's lives? Do you have any sort of go-to coping mechanisms? For me, the number one, I know it's hard for some people, but staying positive is a huge one for me. And once you get your diagnosed, when I got diagnosed, the first thing I did was going on the internet and trying to find Oh, what am I going to do? What is it? And when I went to see my doctor, the first thing he said, he goes, do not go on the internet. Right. Right. <laughs> I was dead. I was dead looking at the internet. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's the worst thing to do. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that makes sense. You know, I was in a panic mode, wanted to know more. The unknown is very scary. So the message out there is that, yes, the unknown is scary. Yes, it is uh, a tragic or it's, it's uh, an irritant that just came to you. Don't panic because people do panic when they get diagnosed. So there is something tragic happening in life. And I would say, just breathe, take a deep breath and listen to yourself. Listen to your body because you know best listening to your friends and this and whoever your sibling. It's very hard because then you get so many mixed messages. You get confused and your ego comes in. So listening to yourself, your intuition is the best advice for me. And obviously your doctors. And a lot of time, you know, like I disagreed with my doctor a lot of time along the way. However, I realized he was right at the end. And a lot of time I was right. Like I felt it. I knew that that day I could take the treatment. He was telling me, no, 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 no. I said, yes, I can. And I was able to handle it. My body knows, like your body knows when you're in distress. Your body knows when 
you feel something that it's off, that you feel something that it's not right. And your body knows when you feel that it's right. Right. I guess you have to advocate for yourself as well in those moments. Yes. And sometimes it's hard. And that's when I went into meditation. I said, okay, I got to learn to listen to my body more. I'm very, extremely intuitive. And I was not listening to my intuition at all. So going into meditation and learning to take meditation and becoming a meditation teacher helped me tremendously. So do you want to tell us a bit about the work you do then as the, is this your, the primordial meditation sound instruction? Yeah. So the primordial meditation, I took a course from Deepak Chopra and oh. this course it changed my life in many ways because I really wanted to meditate. And like everybody else, I can't meditate. My thoughts are going crazy. Oh, I could sit for two minutes. If you ask anybody, okay, you meditate, they would say, no way. I was a <laughs> I ran all the time. I'm still going at it. However, I'm able to sit down now. And every morning I do meditate. When people ask me, do you think I can meditate? Yes, you can. Everybody could. It's a tool that is free and that you all have. And it is life-changing. Like there's so many benefits from meditation. There's like, uh, it could decrease your blood pressure. It could take your stress away. Apparently it helps you to change, you know, your bad hormones into good hormones. It could connect you for higher self if you wish to go that route, you know? And it helps you to make better decision to focus. And that's why I did that. I took a week in Hawaii. I went to take this course with Deepak Chopra. And when I got there, I signed in right away to become a meditation teacher because I saw the change in myself. And once you get into that deep zone, into, they call it a gap in meditation. This is a, a term where between each thought, there's a gap. And once you're able to reach that thought, that gap, you're in another realm. And you just feel the energy changing within you and the calmness. And I find I'm able to make so, like the decision making in my life are so much better. Like in the past, I was very impulsive. I mean, it's still going to happen. But in terms of meeting people and judging people, it's not going to be the same. There is that huge awareness that I didn't have before or was there and was not awakened. And so I also read, or maybe it was in your TEDx talk about the concept of giving and receiving and how has that taught you about the power of community? That was a huge awareness. Has Everybody knows about Olga. She's a giver. She loves to give. I hate to receive. Well, that was the past. Every time I used to receive, I used to say, no, 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 don't give it to me. I'm going to give it to you. I, I can't. I couldn't receive. It made you uncomfortable? Was it? It made me uncomfortable. It made me feel like they didn't have to give to me or I was not worthy enough or like I didn't deserve you to give me something. So when cancer came, people were pouring with gifts, with food at the door, email, phone calls. It was overwhelming for me. 
I did not know what to do. So one day I said, they need to stop giving to me. And then I realized when I give to someone, I feel good. It makes me feel amazing because it's like pay it forward. I don't give to receive. I give from my heart. So I thought that when you come to my door with a cake and you made that cake out of love for me because I'm going to cancer and I'm saying, no, please take it back home. I don't want it. I realized that I was taking your joy away. I was taking something huge from you that didn't make you feel good. Right. The person probably starts to feel bad and all they wanted to do is feel good to give something as well. That was like a change in my mind saying, okay, I got to accept. Doesn't mean I'm going to be comfortable with it, but eventually I'll be able to say, thank you. Yes. It was not necessarily, but I really appreciate it. This is how I started. And I was like, like, you know, I didn't know what to do. So that was a huge thing. So why take away the joy of somebody of wanting to give to me or to anybody? This is what I love doing. If you would take that away from me, I would say, no, I want to give it to you. Just take it. So now I'm learning more and more to accept like people giving me or when I go for lunch, I always, oh, no, no, I'm going to pay like now. Okay. Thank you. No problem. So we kind of pay it forward and sometimes, okay, next time it's me or, or let's split the bill. I have less of an issue to say thank you and express my gratitude and my appreciation for what comes forward instead in terms of them giving me a gift or something. No, it's so true. It's, it's looking at it so differently because at the beginning when you're saying, no, no, I don't need the cake. It's okay. You're probably thinking, well, I'm doing them a favor. I don't want them to have to put themselves out and they don't need to do it and so on and so forth. But you're so right. They're doing it because they want to do it. And the thought was there before they came at the door. So I'm like, they thought of that before they made that cake. I'm like, wow, for me, then I felt a sense of worthiness. That's why I'm saying, you know, like the cancer, the journey of self-discovery, I learned that I was worthy. You know, I had some worthiness inside me, acceptance that I needed to do towards myself. And, you know, like looking at the unknown with cancer, that was huge. But once I knew how things work, I was fine because the unknown is scary. You don't know, but that's how you grow. That kind of leads me into another question about, you talk about the importance of learning to trust and love letting go. This is huge. And this is something that's probably going to be my next book, believe it or not, because this is a huge part of my life at the moment about trust and letting go. I'm not going to go in detail because I don't want to unveil, reveal the book that I'm going to go through. However, learning to let go, it is a huge thing because once you learn to let go, you're going to learn to trust. I know it may, may not make sense to anybody, but I'm living it right now. And it's something huge. It was a discovery, an aha moment that I had a few weeks ago about it's again, it's all about energy. So when you put in, the the only thing I could say about it, maybe you could understand, is like when you put in your energy, 
into something that you keep doing and keep doing and it's not working. And you feel that by keep doing this and keep doing it, you're doing right. And the other person is feeding on that energy. Now, the minute you let go of this, the energy is completely different. I'm not sending that energy to the other person. It's a positive energy now. It's not negative, but it's not an energy that is good. Because letting go of something that doesn't serve you, it's not aligned with you. There's no reason why to keep it. But our ego keeps saying, no, I want this. Because if I don't do this, it's not going to work. And I'm learning. And I learned this week. It's huge. That by letting go of that piece, the table turned 180 degree in trusting. So is it more about trusting yourself then? Absolutely. Right. It's the, the whole thing about saying, you know, you can't love somebody if you don't love yourself. People may or may not understand that. But the growth that I've gone to the last eight years, it's the same thing about trust. If I don't trust myself, I will not be able to trust somebody else. Absolutely. Yeah, because that energy of trust. I mean, I've read this book about letting go. It's amazing. And that book really explains everything about how to let go. And trust in yourself. Yes, but you got to be ready for it. Right. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to be 60. It took me 60 years to learn how to let go. Oh, my God. It's so important though, because you know what? It's so true. We hold on to so much stuff that's not necessary. And like you said, it doesn't serve us. No, but we think it does until you actually realize by letting go of that piece that you're doing, oh my God, it's huge. The energy starts changing, start to be more positive. And it is amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And so in general, you know, so many people, we all toss around words like, oh, we want to be healthy. We want to be happy. We want to be successful. What are some tips to actually achieving this in life? I mean, obviously for each person, success, health, happiness has their own, its own definition. But if you could talk about, you know, what you've gone through and how that's helped you define health, happiness, and success, can you share that and how it may help others? I don't see success as a grade. Like you just said, success is a personal thing. And for me, my success is my happiness. It has nothing to do with money, has nothing to do with my work, has nothing to do with anything that's materialistic. My success is within myself. And again, if someone could go within themselves and be happy with themselves, with what they have, that's success. It's a huge success. Because from there, then the other stuff will come automatically because you'll be happy. It's always a question. There's not one day I don't question myself how to be better within myself and how to improve. Some people don't want to improve. I Use people. We all have to improve. Yeah. <laughs> I realize that. It is huge. You, what you can achieve. And that is success. 
as we sort of come to a close, I wanted to know if there's you know, some final thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners. And also, I loved when you said in your TED Talk, any challenge that comes your way means there's an opportunity for you. So along with that sort of final thought, is there anything else you'd like to share about, you know, what you've gone through, what the future holds? Well, the future holds a lot of success. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I'm going to work within myself too. Yes. You know, and and that's what I want to do. However, my thing for everybody that's listening right now, I believe that you all have a gift. You all have something to share. You all have room for growth and personal growth and helping one another and paying forward. It's to find that, that little thing that's going to mean a lot to you and to others. And then just go out there and share that gift with people or with yourself. Don't be afraid of the unknown because the unknown is, is something that we are all afraid because we see it dark. We don't know where we're stepping. However, once you go there and you discover that the unknown is what made you grow, you're not going to stop. It's like your comfort zone. You know, we stay in our comfort zone because it's comfortable. The minute we put a step out of that comfort zone, we feel like, oh my God, you have fear, you have anxiety, but that's okay. It's all good to have fear and anxiety because without fear, anxiety, and pain, you won't learn. So put yourself out there and get to that edge of your comfort zone or or that, that pain or that fear that you have because with that, with that, you're going to grow and there's going to be so many opportunity coming your way once you do that. So for me, it's just go out there, learn about yourself first, find that right balance in your life. Don't stretch yourself out like I did before. Oh yeah. That's a good point too. People said, oh, if I do, 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 I'm successful. But have you inside yourself what you've done? That was me. Yes. I still do and do and do. However, in a more like quieter way and more, I think more about what I do. Like instead of doing all these things at like a surface level, it's more meaningful. Absolutely. And that's what I do. Everything with a meaning and an intention. The intention is huge. What intention do you have by doing this project? And then take it from there. Like, Try and understand the intention behind what you want to do. Right. Like we're not just doing things to tick them off a list. We actually have to have find meaning for each thing that we're doing. Yeah. Meaning within yourself. If you do that to show to people, look what I've done. Eventually it's going to catch up to you. We all want to have the pride and saying, oh, great job, Olga, or Oh, you've done wonderful, but it's like, ah, it's okay. You know, I, it's be humble. Yeah. Well, I'm so happy that you are here with us today to share your story. It is inspiring and we wish you all the success in the future for your own success and health and happiness and helping people uh, the way you've been helping people, because clearly that's meaningful and really important work. Thank you so much, Christine. And thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to We Are LCC. For more, go to lcc.ca slash podcast.
And remember to hit subscribe or follow on your podcast app so you never miss an episode. I'm Matt Kundal, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.